What's up, guys? So I want to welcome you to Love the Process, episode five, I believe. We got a special guest today, Jordan Talley. Uh, we actually played against each other in college. Uh, he was at Southeastern. I was at Ave Maria University. So um, he's an assistant coach at TCC right now. And they're um, top 13. I think they're number 13, you said, right? Yeah, 13 right now. 13 in the country. Probably going to move up in this next poll because they got a few. be top six, top five in the country after okay. this poll. Yeah, so um, he's um, obviously assistant at college right now. At TCC, which is a junior college, he's been a high school head coach, high school yep. assistant coach, played in college, so he's been around the game a lot. And I wanted him to come on the podcast because we was actually talking yesterday, watching <laughs> we was watching a high school game, and you know me, I always going on some rants. So we started talking. I was like, man, like the people need to hear this conversation. We was, we was uh, dropping some 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 real stuff for the culture. So um, just wanted to get him on, and we're gonna chop it up about development, but a lot about you know the differences between college and high school and kind of giving some of y'all a wake-up call for what you really need to expect at that next level. Exactly so, what they need, man. So that's what I'm going to ask. Uh, first question, tell me some of the differences since, you know, you're assistant at one of the top schools in the country right now, but you've been a head coach of college. I mean, excuse me, high school, so you know, you know a lot about that culture. What's some of the differences between high school and college that these players need to hear? Man, I think the biggest difference is – just a level of attachment. Like when I was coaching high school basketball, at any time, like one of my players may be like, Coach, I got a music class or something I got to go to, or <laughs> I got another practice I got to go to, or I got homework and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then you talk to guys in college, for the most part, the real good guys in college, like, you know, we got kids on our team that's taking calculus, taking all different type of classes and yeah. The level of attachment to getting the gym is just is just completely different. Like how much guys really want it versus they don't want it. Yeah. Like in high school, every excuse in the world, parents making excuses for kids, just anything you can think of. Really, there's so many excuses in high school basketball because I don't think in college everybody's kind of fighting for the same thing, especially in junior college. Yeah. Like they're trying to get scholarships at the D1 level. Obviously, you're fighting to get championships, make it to the league, whatever your goals are. But in high school. At any point in time, you can have a kid on your team that may not really even want to play basketball after high school. So the attachment level isn't, oh, I have to do whatever it takes to be good. It may be, I just got to come to practice. Yeah. So I think that was one of the biggest differences for me is like I went into it thinking that I've been in college this whole time Mm -hmm. and everybody's going to have that attachment. But the attachment just wasn't there. And the buy-in to some of the kids – you can only buy in to the level that you feel you can. You know, yeah. so like if I'm playing high school basketball just because I like basketball and I'm going to graduate and just, you know, go to tech trade school, my buy-in ain't going to be the same as a guy that wants a Division One scholarship and play in the NBA. It's just there's two different levels. For sure. No, I, I agree with that 100%. I think my thing is from the training side, a lot of those kids that have that buy-in, like you just said, like they got the buy-in of, I really don't care that much, you know. Yeah. I, I I don't want to play after high school, but what they say is I want to play at the Division One level without the buying. And I think that that's like, I mean, we was talking about it yesterday. There's a lot of dudes that you know you might average a lot in high school, or you just might be more naturally talented, or you might be in a situation where you shooting the ball every time, but you inefficient, but you averaging at 25. And it's like them dudes end up. Christmas break. Like, it's home. Like, they I know home. guys, and we ain't going to speak yeah, their names, names, obviously, but I know guys that went high major and, and just didn't make it because they treated high school. I tell all our kids, you have to 
be a year ahead mentally. Mm-hmm. So if you are a junior in high school, you need to treat high school like you're a senior. So my junior, I need to act like a senior. Yeah. So when I get to a senior, I need to be a high school, I mean a college freshman. Yeah. So it's like I always tell kids to take a year ahead. I remember I was talking to Mike DeVoe, who's at Georgia Tech now, and I told him, I said, you need to treat your, your senior year at Mount Verde like your freshman year at Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. So when you get to Georgia Tech, you are a sophomore mentally. Yeah. And a lot of guys... The guys that want to be really good are always a step ahead. They're mm-hmm. always working a little bit harder. They're always doing what the other guys ain't willing to do. And that's when the separation get created, when you're willing to do what everybody else isn't willing to do. For sure. When you're willing to go to practice early, be at practice, practice as hard as you can, then after practice, coach, I got to get 200 and 350 mates. I got to get that every day because I don't want to be like everybody See, else. See, that's, that's the thing. Like, you know, again, not saying names, but this going to apply to a lot of people. Like, I think there's a there's a misconception of like what it really takes to be successful at college because a lot of dudes like granted yes it's hard to make it to college yeah 100% but like it's harder to last and be successful in college like you might make it but that don't mean you finna be successful at the next level like you are you going to contribute because everybody come in like I mean you you notice a lot better than I do but like I would assume everybody comes in they want to make an immediate impact like that's not the reality for 95% of the, those kids coming in, it's like, yeah. holy crap, I'm going against 14 to 19-year-olds on the, on the old side in high school. It's like, when you in college, like, you're going against grown men, like grown man strength, been there, like been and, through the fire. And you got guys that, and I try to tell guys as a freshman when you're coming in, if you want to make an impact, forget about scoring. Yeah. That's, that's my biggest thing I tell freshmen. If you want to make an impact, can you talk consistently on defense? Can you rebound the ball at a high level? Can you make other people around you better? Mm-hmm. Can you take charges? How tough are you? Because nine times out of ten, when you come in as a freshman, unless you're highly, highly touted and you're going somewhere where the coaches basically told you that we need you to score as a freshman, scoring ain't going to be the thing you do because we got guys ahead of you that have been here for a couple of years yeah. that know how to score. So all those other things, can't, like we talked about CJ. Mm-hmm. So, well, CJ is going to have a chance to play early because he likes to rebound. Yeah. If you can rebound and do those little things, that was, as a freshman, that's what keeps you on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of kids get the misconception, well, if I score, 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 that'll keep me in the game. Nine times out of ten, I, I don't care if you're a freshman you can score. If you can <laughs> score, that's great. But yeah. if you can't talk on defense or get a stop defensively, we can't even really play you. For we real. got guys on our team that are can be absolutely exceptional, but they can't get stops on defense. So that stunts their growth right there. You can have all the offensive ability in the world, but if we can't put you in and you guard somebody, mm-hmm. you can't play. Because at the college level, like, you know, you can't I – mean, there's some people, but the reality situation is 90% of the guys, like, you can't hide on defense. No. In high school, you can hide on defense. Or you can go through the motions. You can close out lazy because maybe you longer than the kid because yeah. he's a 5'7 dude that wants to go – to FSU to go party, yeah. you know what I'm saying? He don't want to play the next level. Yeah, you can close out Lazy and block his shot. That's not going to work when you're going against another 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six. athletic no. dude, just as athletic as you, older than you, stronger than you, and he, you know what I'm saying? He's He's been there, and he's trying to prove so. He's trying to play at the next level. Like, exactly. that crap's not going to work. I think for me, and you being on both sides, like, I want your opinion on this. Do you feel like not – not specific people, because obviously there's great people in, in the high school culture. But do you feel like overall high schoolers are preparing dudes to to get to that next level? Because if I'm being real, me going to a lot of high school games, I say no. And I say no, not just from uh, 
a motor standpoint, because I think that's the number one thing. I don't think coaches demand dudes to go hard every single play. I think there's way too many possessions off when you get to college. It's a whole different ball game. But um, I feel like they're not being – a lot of coaches aren't teaching kids the right way. So I want your – like, because you see a lot of games. Yeah. I want your thoughts on that. I mean, it's, it's – for me, it's 50-50. I know some – Amazing high school coaches. Mm-hmm. Coach Randall at Ely, Coach Burroughs at Diller, Coach Lawton at Miami, New Orleans, uh, Coach McGriff at Bartow. Those guys, Coach Fitzgerald at Victory, like mm-hmm. those are some of the coaches. When I got the job, I called Coach McGriff and Bartow immediately mm-hmm. because he has one of the most established high school programs in the country, and I respect him more than a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And it's guys like that that make me say that, well, it's, it's a lot of good guys in this business. Coach Grissick at uh, Windermere High School, him and Trey, yeah. they got one of the most established high school programs, and they've only been around two or three years, but they demand excellence out of their guys. And then you go to some games, you see other coaches, and they don't demand it from their guys. Mm-hmm. And what I realize is I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I want to be a great coach, so I like I listen to great coaches. Yeah. Frank Martin said in a, um, in a Coaching You podcast, he said that, Coaching players haven't changed at all. They're gonna do what's demanded of them. Coaches have changed because they don't ask it from guys every day. So that's very true. It, I just believe that a lot of coaches. I, the reason that guys are not preparing is because they, you got parents. You got to deal with parents. That was the biggest thing for me that I realized that I I think I took for granted. I didn't understand how much control parents had at the mm-hmm. high school level because at college, I speak to your parents basically. Maybe if I see them, I call them and tell them how you're doing, but it's never like a question about what's going on too much. Mm-hmm. But in high school, you may have parents come up to you after the game and, and, and you don't want to rattle no fences. You want to be respectful. But it's like it's hard to demand it out of them. Yeah. And I just believe the coaches that are willing to demand the most out of their players are going to have the best teams in high school. Mm-hmm. Like Coach Law and Co- those South Florida schools, they demand that guys really guard and be tough. Yeah. So every South Florida team that's good they is demanded. So – I'm 50-50 on that because it's a lot of good ones and it's a lot of not-so-good ones. We, I sure. guess with anything, like with training, yeah, you got your guys true. that really, really, really like gooch you. You know, you guys really work on developing guys, really, mm-hmm. really breaking it down, develop guys. Then you got other trainers that are making videos. Really, yeah. they ain't, they're not working guys out to, to really better their game. Mm-hmm. They're working out to make a video to put on Instagram. Yeah. And I don't really necessarily, I don't get down with that too much. I like to... The people in this business that are really, really, really bought in and invested to making guys better. What can I do to help your game? Like, am I being honest with you? Are you my little bro? Or I'm trying to really be honest <laughs> with you and and get the best for it because I want the yeah. best for you. And there's not a lot of that in basketball. And I think that's that more than anything, if I'm being honest with you, stunts the growth of players not being told the truth. 100%. Like, I, I think if 100%. you're telling guys, you know, basically, oh, you're this good, you're this good, you've arrived. You're in the 10th grade. That's the thing. Like, and we, we got into it yesterday, and I'm a, I'm a, I want to really touch on this because if any players are listening to this that, quote, unquote, may have an offer, may have interest, like, it don't matter if you got offers or interest <clears throat> at, a, at a young age. Like, we, again, not naming names, but we talked a lot about dudes that, you know, they might be 8th graders, ninth graders, 10th graders, and they got every offer in the country. And... Some of them dudes ain't even playing the Division One level right now. Some, Some of them, them not dudes, playing basketball. Like it's it's a it's a it's a marathon. Like to be honest, like and, and too many people, like you said, I think it's from a training standpoint at least. Like there's dudes that want to be friends, a little bro, and be yes men, all type of stuff because they don't want to lose a kid. 
And it's like, that's not what it's about. It's about getting the person better. Like, we had a league. You know, we started Tallahassee Basketball League. And, like, the main reason why we want to start it is because we want to try and change the culture of yeah. basketball up here and really enhance it. And, um, and we had 65 kids in there. In the first game, we had a kid <laughs> we had a kid do two between legs layups in a game. In a game. So, first, first game, um, and, and the different thing, like, with our league is everyone that coaches is either – former college player or currently a college player. Um, so, like, we're, we're treating this like our young kids, we treat it like it's freaking high school. And our That's middle school is high school is retreating it like it's college. I told them, I made them come out game both times. I'm like, I, I went off on them. You know, I can't help but rant. And after the game, I brought both teams to the corner. And I was like, yo, that was the worst basketball I've ever seen in my freaking life. Like, if you ever try and do some issue like that in front of a college coach, you're never going to play again. And, like, I want y'all to understand where I'm coming from. Like, this is how I make my money, bro. I feed my family. This house I live in, like, everything I have <laughs> comes from training. But I would rather go off on you and you hate me and you be like, I'm done and me go broke and live in a box. And, you know what I'm saying? I got to freaking beg for money on the side <laughs> of the street or hustle for my son. And you quit rather than gash you up and be like, that's okay. Yeah. And, and, and clap it up and be a yes man. Because it's not okay. Like, yeah. It's not okay, but I feel like a lot of people, because they want bread, I told them this, I'm like, a lot of dudes that, you know, you're going to play with, and, and it's going to train you, and AU, and all that stuff, they're going to keep it real with you, because yeah. they want a paycheck. Absolutely. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd rather die, but keep it real, than freaking tell you what you need to hear, just so I can collect my money and go home, knowing I'm I'm screwing you for life, like. Absolutely. This, that's, you know? that's what I was, we were talking about yesterday, like, the head coach I worked for, Zach September, is an incredible dude. Like, mm-hmm. just, in, one best guy I've ever worked for, just because, like, he really cares about the right things and he yeah. cares about telling guys the truth. And we have like two rules in our program. Don't be a victim and don't lie. Yeah. Like I tell every kid that I work with, like the one thing that any kid I've ever worked with talked to can say is I'm going to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like the truth, that's okay because the truth is hurtful. Like most of the time people don't like the truth because it really, really hurts. Yeah. When you hear honest things about yourself, Everybody don't like that. I don't like that sometimes either. My mom tells me the truth all the time, and I don't want to hear it. But I think I get a lot of respect from kids, and I have the relationships I have with kids because I'm always honest with them. Mm -hmm. And they may not like it at the time, but they can look back and be like, Later they're going to appreciate it. That guy told me the truth. Mm -hmm. And the truth is going to be the reason that kids are either developed or not developed. Mm -hmm. Like when you touched on the, um, the guys that get the affirmation early. I like the guys that don't get any affirmation. I like mm-hmm. the guys that, like, nobody really knew who you were, but you just worked. Yeah. Because that's my big thing. Like, I don't I don't care about the stars. I don't care about all that. When I go in the gym, I, I can tell who's working and who's not working. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I recruit. I want to recruit the guys that, like, coach, I'm in the gym. Yeah. Like, I don't care about the flash. I don't care about the Instagram, the likes. I don't. That ain't me. Mm-hmm. Like, I want the guys that is working. Because my, my thing is... The people that send it for the wrong reasons, for the clout and all that type of stuff, it catches up to you. Eventually, yeah. it's going to catch up to you. And, like, even if it, let's just say you're just a freak athlete. You're a seven-footer yeah. with a 37-inch vert. You run the floor like a gazelle. Like, yeah, you might make it. Yeah. But you ain't finna max out all the potential that you got. Oh, no. So, it, even even in its own way, it's still caught up to you. And, and I'm 100%, you know, on board with that. I was actually looking at a tweet. Um and it was talking about, you know, late bloomer mafia. And that's, yeah. that's real. Like, it is. that's a real thing because you're, you're not getting the affirmation early. You're not getting complacent. And I think a lot of kids at too young of an age when they really haven't proven anything, like, they they feel like they've arrived because they got an offer. And I want you to speak on this. Yeah. Not me because nobody want to listen to me. Yeah. But 
please explain kind of how the offers work and like you might get an offer, but you might not really like just just yeah, you, man, you know what just I'm about. a lot of the guys. I know a lot of guys. You know, players on the EYBL and stuff. They may get an offer early mm-hmm. and they think, "Wow, I got this offer. This is I can go here," but they don't understand that sometimes guys get offers early and that offer may not stick. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean you're a good basketball, not a good basketball player? No, but that may mean that, like, let's say I saw you in the ninth grade and I projected you and I kind of thought, well, maybe in the 12th grade he'll look like this or he may grow yeah. or his game may develop. And then it gets to the 12th grade and you ain't worked on your game. And you don't realize that I offered you, but I may have offered three other people too. Yeah. And that's not knocking you, but I got a job. And my job is to get the best players in my program that can help us win. Mm-hmm. So if I offered you in the ninth grade and you haven't made any improvement, I offered another guy in the ninth grade and he's made improvement, I'm probably going to be more apt to, to take the guy that's been really working and mm-hmm. take the guy that just happy he got the offer. Happy you got it. And a lot of these kids play for offers. And I'm like, I coached <laughs> basketball. I could, like I told you, I could get – my coach could call me today and be like, Jordan, they couldn't fund it for the program. You have to get a job, but you can still coach. I'll get a job and still coach to pay my bills. But I coach in basketball is what I do. Mm-hmm. Like, I love this game more than anything else, and I protect this game. And that's why, like, I'm so passionate about it. Yeah. Like, I'll stay in the gym all night with guys, and I'll talk to guys so I'm blue in the face about doing it the right way because this game is, is everything to me. So a lot of these guys don't understand. They don't have that attachment to the game because they love the game. Mm-hmm. They got the attachment because I can get offers from this. My Instagram can be amazing because that's, of this. That's a huge thing. Like it, it sounds crazy when you when you say it aloud that like yeah. people literally will do things for Instagram. Yeah. But kids, like literally and it's not just kids, like we got yeah, training, you got everything. But, it's everybody. But you really have players that care more about the Instagram likes and followers and go run this up and all this type of stuff than like legit becoming the best player they can be no question and it's like for me it's almost like i think of the scripture like you know um focus on things of heaven you know he'll provide the rest absolutely Uh, you know seek first the kingdom of god it's the same thing like obviously i hate to compare it because it's two different things but like you focus on the right things on the basketball court the rest will take care of itself absolutely and i think too many people that got it backwards man like yeah and there's not enough people, and that's why I wanted to have this podcast. Like, yo, we really got to get on and chop this up because there's not enough people that are truly speaking on this stuff. No. Like, I, I there's 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 like a Twitter. There's a bunch of people on my Twitter that I follow that keep it real. Yeah. But, like, when I'm out in the real world, like, I can't have these conversations because I'm the crazy one that's <laughs> taking it too far, tripping. It's like, no, nah, I'm not tripping. Like, I ain't been doing this forever. I've been doing it for six years. But, like. I had two top ten dudes yeah. consecutively in six years. Like I know what they was doing. Yeah. I know I had to go pick up Jonathan when he was in town every morning at five AM. We go work out at LA Fitness. And this is when Jonathan can't do a push up hole. Sorry, John, for two seconds at this yeah. time. But he's still going to LA Fitness, putting in work. And then we go into the gym and he putting in work. And I know with Kev, how Amber gotta like beg me to a key we gotta leave. It's twelve o'clock at night and we still like, nah, we're gonna like after our complete workout's done, like we still gonna be doing shooting shooting stuff. And she got to like, be like, no, we're going. Like, I'm going to bed. Like, <laughs> I've been and, 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 and Kev going to be like, come on, one more. We playing ones. And Kev's like, no, one more game. This midnight. Like, yeah. like stories. People be thinking I'll make this up. Kev was a, it was an ARS uh, shootout. And uh, I think he was a junior. And he was playing like, he played Victory Rock, Oldsmar. I don't know if he played Mount Verde that year. But um, 
it was like when those teams were like good. Like Osmar yeah. was the juice back then. Yeah. And um, dude, he uh, he had a fairly bad game. We'll say yeah. that. You know, he he didn't do what he was supposed to do. Obviously, everybody wanted you know to go see Kev. He got a game the next day versus I think it was if he played Victor Rock first game. He had a game the next day versus Osmar. Um, he literally like we left that game. His dad was you know upset. Yeah. He was like, you take them. Like, you, you, we, we going to the gym right now. We left that game. We didn't get no food. We drove straight to the gym and worked out. And he got a game versus Oldsmar. I think at that time, it was like, potentially, I think it was top one of the top teams in the country. And, like, I can't even tell you how many kids would do that now. They'd be, oh, I got, you know, I'm tired. And the parents would be, oh, what are sore. You know, let them rest. And this and that. Like, no, nah, we went straight to the gym. We worked out. Next game, he had, like, 36 on Oldsmar. And, and, but that's what it takes. And I think a lot of guys don't understand that. I played with a point guard, T.O., Dwayne Johnson, in, mm-hmm. in college. And yeah, I remember the dude, long scout report on him. The dude, um, you know, from my coaching, like I take it in the coaching just the way he worked. I used to think about it all the time. Like from his junior to his senior, it may be the best improvement I've ever seen mm-hmm. with no trainer. Yeah. Like nobody trained him. He legitimately, I remember he would wake up at 5 a.m., be to the school by 6 and he would be in the by six thirty, be full sweat, and he's working out until class. Mm-hmm. He go to class after class, he get food before practice. He working out yeah. after practice, he's working out. He missed. We played Florida State, and he had thirty three, and he missed like eleven free throws or something crazy, a crazy number yeah. of free throws. We got back to the gym, and this is no lie. He stayed in the gym for probably about three hours shooting free throws. Then he had the best free throw percentage on our team. But it's guys that like that, that like, you know, he came from a situation where he went to a bunch of multiple different schools. Mm-hmm. And then the guy ended up being a pro because he just wasn't going to be outworked. Yeah. Like, he didn't care if you were better than him or not. I watched a guy go from shooting mid-ranges. He took four threes on the season as a junior and then shot like 45% from three I, as a senior. You know what's crazy? Like, I distinctly remember, like, because we was in the same conference. Yeah. Like, how much better he was that year because the scouting report was completely different on him. Yeah. It was make him shoot to he's shooting above 40% and like you got to guard him from everywhere. And he was fast, he was athletic, yeah. he was strong. He made so himself like, a player. It, like, it, it was it was a completely different thing. And like at the end of the day, I think it's just you can't run from the work and like if you're really trying to get everything you got from this game, like you, there's no secret sauce. Like I'm like Cartier French Tony, a guy I had on the podcast, like I was asking, like, what do you think? You know your best aspect is you know as far as the training and and everything and he was like you know i just i don't really have no secret sauce he's like yeah. if you go to the gym and you work out like and you work on your craft hard not going through the motions you will get better and you will see results like yeah. and there's there's a lot of kids that i don't think understand that they're trying to find a shortcut it's like there is no shortcut in this. and it's, and no it's so fight. true like i tell all our guys i'm like anything you put your time into that's what's gonna flourish. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a if I'm a party guy, and I'm in the club and I'm going out, yeah, I probably will be a partier. That's what my time is into. Mm-hmm. If I'm a school guy and I just want to work on my school studies, my grades will go up. Yeah. If I want to be a really good basketball player, nine times out of ten, if I'm in the gym more than everybody else, something will happen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like if I'm lifting weights a lot, I'm gonna get stronger. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys just, I don't understand it for some reason. They feel like they deserve the benefits mm-hmm. without the work. I, I think for me on the training side, I don't think 
don't think there's a model of what it really takes mm -hmm. because I think we live in a comparative era. You know, social media, I think, contributes to a lot to it. And even if there was social media, we naturally, as human beings, we compare to other people. Mm -hmm. So as a trainer, I'm not only focused on, uh, this is a hypothetical, I might not be focused on how good I can be. I'm focused on, am I better than Buddy down the street? He's yeah. my direct competition. I see him. Am I a better trader than him? I go to his profile. I see his videos. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm training better than that. Yeah. I'm good. It's like, no, that's not my competition. My competition, one, is myself. Yeah. And then, two, there's a million people trying to do what I'm trying to do. Absolutely. So from a player standpoint, like, you know, I think it's very easy for kids to, you in a city, um, let's just use the city of Tallahassee for an example. You in Tallahassee. And you're the best kid in Tallahassee. Mm -hmm. You've been killing everyone. You've, you know, you play in tournaments here. You've been, you know, you average 20 points a game in middle school. You go to high school. As a freshman, you average 15. And it's like, that's great. Like, I'm not knocking that at all. But who are you comparing yourself to? You might outwork your teammates. Mm -hmm. You might outwork your best friend. Is he trying to go to the league? Yeah. If the answer is no then what are you freaking clapping it up for? Like, why do you think that you deserve certain things? Like you just said, when you haven't put in the work, you can't compare yourself to dudes that don't really want it. Or, unfortunately, reality says they don't have a realistic chance to make it. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what it is. Kids just, they compare themselves to the dudes that they shouldn't be comparing themselves to. Absolutely. And they don't have a model of what it actually takes. And I think just society, man, just in general overall, not to get off the basketball topic, but I think we live in a society that like wants more freedom and mm -hmm. less responsibility than ever before. Yeah. So like guys want to be able to get whatever they want, but they don't want the responsibility that come with it. Mm -hmm. So if I want to be like a really good basketball player, I should be getting 350 makes a day. I should be studying film every day. I should probably be stretching and going to the training and making sure that my body can compete at the highest level. That's a big but it's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. Mm -hmm. That means that I probably can't party on the weekends. That means I probably got to get my schoolwork done before Sunday mm -hmm. when it's due. And guys don't want to really do that. And that's why I try to tell guys, like, you can keep it real with me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm your coach, but keep it real with me. Like, if you don't want to be that good. It's okay. That is okay. It's all but, right. Because... I have what my job is to make you the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. But if you want to don't want to be the best version of yourself, it's going to be hard for me to push you the way I need to push you. 100%. So be honest with me about what you really want from this thing. And I'm going to help you get what you want. But mm -hmm. be honest about it. Because like I want my only goal is to be a high major division one head coach. Mm -hmm. So every day I have to work like that. Yeah. And everybody's goal isn't to be an NBA player, isn't to be an overseas player, isn't to be a high major basketball player. Mm -hmm. So Let's be upfront about your goals so we can figure out the right way to get you to what you want. Sure. Because it's like, I don't want to be trying to coach you one way and you're not accepting it because you don't want to be this way. And, and that's that's honestly a great, great, great point. Like, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be a good high school player. Yeah. And that's it. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with a young kid being like, I want to make my high school team and that's it. Yeah. I want a varsity letter. Like, there's nothing wrong with yeah. that. There's... I tell kids all the time, like, actually, I had a conversation. It was this week with a player that I think is more talented, just naturally picks up on stuff better than maybe maybe Kevin is, yeah. is, is in the same boat. But outside of that, more naturally gifted than anybody. Is he producing that way? Not even close. Yeah. But he has every tool there. And, you know, I've probably for the last year and a half been like, bro, 
please. You you are long. You are going to grow to 6'9". He was 5'10 yeah. when I said this, 5'9". He's now 6'5", baby face, long legs. I'm like, you're going you're gonna to grow. I get to see it. Yeah. You have to learn how to attack the basket and use your length. Like, he, he's, he's a very, very gifted shooter in the fact that, like, he's put in the work. He's gotten a ton better, but he just picks up on things faster than, yeah. like, I could train a kid a million hours and... His shot will never look as effortless as this kid's. Yeah. And um, I'm like, my man, like, you can kill going to the basket in high school basketball. There is no reason that you should not drive to the game at least six times. No reason. Because you should be averaging 30 here. And um, I had to have an honest conversation. I was like, I need you to keep it real with me. Don't tell me the answer you think I want to hear. Tell me the answer that you honestly believe. Do you want to be a shooter or do you want to be an all-around player? Because yeah. if you want to be a shooter, it's okay. We will work on straight shooting move off the move yeah off pin downs like all, you know shot fake relocate like we'll do all that stuff and it's okay you can still get a scholarship and you can be a great player just being a shooter and there's absolutely. nothing wrong with that shooters are in a premium that's probably the most important skill right now absolutely so if, if that's all you want to be tell me i won't be calling you soft when you don't go to the rim all the time <laughs> oh because you out every like it'll be cool you'll 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 be it'll be a better experience for you getting in the gym with me it'll better be a better experience for me with me not stressing every single night staring to see him talking to my wife why won't he just drive when he's so naturally gifted and yeah. fluent and he was like no nah, i want to be a player um and i'm like are you positive like dozy i i will say his name dozy i don't care it's okay yeah. if you want to be a shooter because he wasn't listening when i'm like you gotta you gotta work on it like when we play one-on-one -on -one, you can't just settle when you got six inches on the dude and you're more athletic and you can't just set up for a jump shot if you want to be a complete player. Even if you fail, it's not about succeeding right now. It's about getting more comfortable and getting better and getting outside your comfort zone. But um, he said he wanted to be a player. But I think that's the conversation that players have to have with themselves. Yeah. Coaches have to have. People have to have with themselves in general. Yeah. What do I really want? And not just listening to the hype of a motivational speaker talking about, you got to want to be great. Like, that's great and all, but like, what do you really want from this? Yeah. There's nothing wrong if you don't want to be like, I don't want to make a billion dollars. Like, yeah. I don't. No, I don't want to be a hundred dollar, hundred millionaire. To, like, I, that's not in my, that's not what I want out yeah. of life. And I'm okay with that, but I can't say that I want those things. And then in my heart be like, really, I'll be content with a meal. Like, yeah. but say and portray that, you know, I'm going to, I want to be the next Jeff Bezos or Bill yeah. Gates. Because then if I got a mentor that's going to push me to that, there's going to be a disconnect. We're going to have a problem. Because you ain't willing to... I always ask myself this question, and my mom told me to start asking myself this. She was like, okay, you know what you want, but ask yourself what you're willing to get up, give up. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you willing to go through to get it? I told... I remember when I first started coaching, I went to Florida State to... Um, I was going to try to be a grad assistant. I had a beer. I had a part because I didn't know if I wanted to chase basketball playing or coaching. Stan Jones sat me down in his office and was like, you don't really know what you want. You don't because if you wanted to be a coach right now, you wouldn't have this long beard and a part of your head. He was like, that's just not what coaching is. Mm -hmm. So I remember like not getting, I went home and I sent out about 400 emails to different coaches, different programs. And this dude from San Diego State, I don't remember his name, but he was the, at that time, he was the director of basketball operations at San Diego State. Mm -hmm. And he said, if you really want to be a coach, go through every level. Make yourself undeniable. He was like, go be a JUCO coach and make $5,000. Go be a volunteer high school coach. And I took what he said to heart because I really, at that point, knew that's what I wanted to be. Yeah. So I was a volunteer assistant at Columbia High School. After that, I left and I went and I started being a GA in another program, but volunteering at Southeastern, helping basketball. I went to Santa Fe, made $5,000, 
live in the apartment. That mm-hmm. was the only thing I had, $5,000 in an apartment. Went to Polk State, didn't make a lot of money coaching basketball, associate coach with Brandon Giles, and just kept, and I knew this was what I wanted. Took a high school head coaching job. Didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I wanted to coach basketball. And now mm-hmm. I've been blessed to be here in a great program. We got everything. <clears throat> we got everything we need to be successful. And I'm just like, the guys don't understand that it's a process to get what you want. Like a lot of guys will say, I want to be a really good basketball player, but ain't willing to go through missing 150 left-handed layups in a workout. Yeah. Because it don't feel good. It's uncomfortable not to be good at something. Mm-hmm. So it's like getting told no. Stan Jones telling me no is uncomfortable, but if I really want this, that no doesn't deter me. It makes me better. 100%. And a lot of guys don't want to get hit by adversity and overcome it. Yeah. They want to get hit by adversity and it's like, well, dang, I got to deal with something tough now. I'll just find something else to do. Mm-hmm. Or I won't take it as serious. Like I told you, I, for me, I'd rather you be either really good or really bad mm-hmm. because you know. And that's just me. And everybody doesn't probably agree with that. It's like, well, I could just be average. And I just think when you're average, you never know. You know what I'm saying? 100%. If you if you if you're really bad, I'm not chasing it at all. If you're really good, everything's invested into it. Mm-hmm. But average, I'm one foot in, one foot out. Nothing in my life, my fam, my relationships with my mom, my friends, coaching basketball, everything that I do, I'm either all the way in or all the way out because I want to know what my result is. Mm-hmm. I want to know that if I put everything into coaching basketball and I get what I want out of it, that means I work for it. Mm-hmm. And if I I'm not willing to. That means I didn't work. But I don't want to be, oh, some days I want to be a good coach. And other days it's like, well, if I don't make it, it's all right. Because that means I'm one foot in and one foot out. And these kids, if they understood that, like, it's going to take time. It's Mm -hmm. going to take energy. You're going to cry sometimes. It's going to hurt. It ain't going to be easy. Mm -hmm. People going to tell you you ain't good enough. But once you realize it's like, nah, that's what I want, all that don't matter no more. Like, one of our kids on our team is starting to really understand that okay, I want to be a good basketball player. So everything in his life lines up with, I want to be a good basketball player. Mm-hmm. I try to tell kids, you can't tell me you want to be a good basketball player and have a 2.5. Maybe that makes me wrong, but nobody I know, if you're really good at basketball, you can't just be average in every other aspect of your well, life. That's that's real because I say it all the time. How you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. Like it translates to life. That's what that's – what, I'm sure you do it the same way. Like, I love basketball. We was just talking yeah. about it. Like, it's an art form to me. Like, I can't help it. I never get tired of it. I can watch it all day, all night. I come home from seven hours of gym. The first thing I do is turn on freaking league pass. Or I'm trying to find a game. Like, yeah. I love hoops. But hoops is a vessel for life. Like, you can't want to be great at hoops. Like, that's why Kobe, for example, is doing so many things off the court now. Like, yeah. because he just, he, he loved the process of, of getting better and becoming the best player he can be. And when that chapter was over, he translated that same work ethic to another yeah. aspect of his life. Like, I wasn't even close to the best player, you know, but I loved the game so much. That last year when I was redshirted, <clears throat> we had weights at, at 5 in the morning or 6 in the morning. I was in there on crutches, crutching my way to the gym, getting up a 1,000 form shots yeah. before weights. So when Tom Coach is in there, I'm already got my 1,000 in, then I'm going to weights, and then I'm staying and shooting more form shots from a chair. I'm coming back in between class doing an hour of ball handling in a chair. Like, did I make it pro? No. But guess what? That work ethic translated to when I started process basketball. Yeah. The same thing. And when I started, I had no one that wanted to train with me. I had a 
the assistant principal, or not principal, assistant president of my university told me you're stealing kids' money. I had everybody on my team laughing at me when I asked them to work them out, except for one dude, Matt Chadden. Shout out to Matt. Best shooter I've ever been, uh, Matt seen in my entire dude, life. Man. Best shooter I've ever seen. Five-minute threes, one rebound. This man got 82 makes in five minutes. I, he missed one shot. I was a rebounder. Best shooter I've ever seen in my life. He's 6'5". You'd be in the league right now, Matt. But, um, you know, he was the only person I wanted to work out with me. Everybody laughed at me. Everybody laughed at me. And I would go... You know, after uh, I go after class and watch four hours of film, Amber almost left me when we was together. I'm not, I was obsessive. I go to class because I was trying to start a business with my, my textbook in there. And I have like a, a, a book that I was reading, like a business book or something <laughs> inside my textbook. I read 36 books in, in three months. Um, and like people don't see that side. Yeah. People don't see when I had to live in a molded house, freaking Madagascar hissing cockroaches yeah. in my box of cereal that bit through the plastic part of the cereal. So I'm thinking I got a nice bowl of cereal and I'm and I lift out the plastic bag and I hear I'm like, what the what is that? And I'm looking in, there's a damn cockroach this big in it, trying to get this off the ground, no heat, no AC. Like none of that. People don't see that. Yeah, guys don't man, guys and Same that's why I say comparison is the thief of joy. I hear people say that and it's really true because you can look at somebody else and be like, dang, I want what he got. And then if you've seen the situation, you probably ain't willing to go through what he had to go through to 100%. get it. And I realized that from coaching basketball because when I first started, I was like, dang, I want to be a high major head coach. And you think it's, okay, I played basketball, so I should be able to just go in and do this. Mm-hmm. But it ain't nothing like that. Like, you got to go through every – like, I went through every emotion coaching basketball. I remember, like, crying in my car because I'm like, yo, I'm working hard and nothing happened. It's, but it's it like, sucks at times. But I was like – Am I either? It's one of two ways I can go. I can either push through this and become the best version of myself and continue to fight for this because I really want it, or I can just say, you know, I got a degree. I can go get a job at Geico or something like that. And I'm not knocking anyone that worked mm-hmm. at Geico because that's a great job. But like for me, if I say I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it. So like I know what the goals I have for myself, and I'm willing to go through whatever hurdle it takes to get there. And I and the kids that are most successful now are the kids that are like. They're willing to take the pain that come with what they're going, what they're mm-hmm. trying to get. Like, if you come from a bad situation, that's okay. But the only thing you can control is your reaction and how you go about life. That's why I love basketball, bro, because basketball, for me, really taught me how to be a man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm thankful for my mom and my stepdad and my real father because they, you know, they put it in my in my path what a good man looks like, what it looks like to be a, a, a dude with character. But Going through basketball, the disciplines of basketball, like failing, not having a right hand going into college, like mm-hmm. those things, not playing as a freshman, sitting behind a dude that's an All-American. And just like every day you're going through this, like, am I good enough? Am I good enough? Mm-hmm. Like, But you got to get up and fight every day if you really love it. Yeah. So basketball has a lot more things that it can teach you other than getting money and getting a scholarship, man. It can really, the disciplines you create in basketball really can set you up for failure or help you like, progress in life mm-hmm. and if these kids start to look at basketball for that I think that what we talked about like studying their growth if they start to look at basketball for that and the coaches start to teach that within basketball like this game can help you become a, a really good person mm-hmm. or it has the opportunity to make you a really bad person it's just what you value yeah. within the game you know it's guys that have made it to the NBA off talent but they didn't really value basketball or what it taught them mm-hmm. and now they got the NBA and they broke or they yeah. like they, they they they're not what they should be because they just value what the game did for them. 
There, the guys a, that really value it, man. The guys that really, really value it, man, and really care about it. Dwayne Bacon is a dude that I lived in Lakeland for four years, and I and I, I had the opportunity to kind of, you know, he worked out with Coach Bar, so I got to watch him kind of grow up. And mm-hmm. man, I as much as I can, I'll hit him up and just tell him I'm proud of him. Like I don't want anything from Bacon. I think Bacon's an incredible dude, but when I tell him I'm proud of him, I really mean it because I watched that dude. He just decide. I watched him decide that you know. I really love this game, and I'm gonna make this what I do. Yeah, you know they question his jump shot. Got Every day in the summer, you look at this dude in the gym sweating it out, mm-hmm. and then he comes back to the NBA, and it's like, who? Like who is? Like, who is this kid? Like how did this much happen in a year? But he decided. He made a decision that this is what I'm gonna do, and this is who I'm gonna be. And those guys, man, those are the guys that I like. I really, really enjoy watching. Mm-hmm. I really get to sit on Synergy and watch Dwayne Bacon all day because I know that you were willing to give up everything to be good at what you're crafting. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a worker, man. Like, he, he came, I don't know, was this summer or the summer before? I don't remember. But he literally, like, we had a conversation. He's like, dude, I can't take no time off. Like, season's over. Like, yeah. he was like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get in the gym. Like, you know, I'm, I want to work. Like, I, I've been in the gym two times a day. Like, Charlotte, they told me, like, I, I can't be in the gym. They was, like, trying to kick me out, like, because I got to get better. Like, yeah. Like, people see the fashion stuff that he posts on all that type of stuff. Like, this is side tangent. I hate when people be like, stop posting the pics and get in the gym. Like, stop doing, like, bro, these dudes be like, like, obviously there's some dudes that don't care. But, like, a lot of them care, bro. Like, just because they're not posting every time they're in the gym doesn't mean they're not in the gym. He's in the gym. Like, I know for a fact he is in the gym. Like, you don't have to post every single time you're doing something for you. Like, yo, if, if, if I didn't see pics, it ain't really happened. Like, that's yeah. not real. Like, that's not a true statement like, at all, man. We we talked about, I'm going to let you tell a story after I get off mine. Like, there's a dude in my college. Like, I love him to death. But he would go in the lab with sandals. This is before Instagram was, like, really big. He'd go in the lab with sandals, shoot about 50, 100 free throws, come back, and be like, Yo, I put in work. Like I just got laughed. Like, put, like, bro, that's not work. Like, you're you're a fr- like you're yeah, a fraud. You're a fr- yeah, absolutely, <laughs> like that's man. fraudulent, my man. Like, and I know you see all the time. Oh, like, I see guys that are going to gym, shoot a hundred shots and make thirty of them, mm-hmm. and then I put a picture on social media saying I'm working. And me, I try to be honest with our guys because I want them to be successful. Like yeah. I coach basketball because it's an opportunity for you to really be successful and create a situation for your family where they could be debt free mm-hmm. and that is you and I both know being debt free and not having to worry about those type of things is a big burden off your family yeah. and just it can basketball can really do some special things for you and I texted him and I said you know that's going to keep you on the bench mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sitting in the top of the gym watching you work out did he see and you? you no nah, he didn't see me I'm sitting in the top of the gym I'm reading a book and I'm, and I'm watching you work out and you ain't going game speed you ain't holding your follow through Mm-hmm. Your hips ain't low. And I and that ain't the way we teach you how to play basketball. And then you're posting that you're working. I said, you, you're trying to appeal to people that can't help you. Nobody, like these people that you're looking at at social media and you posting for them, they don't they care about you. They don't, they don't care about anything that happens to you in your real life. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to appeal to them. But you could have came, you just wasted time when you could have been in the gym and got... 150 game like makes mm-hmm. and increased and been a better player after you was done. Yeah. But yet you came in here and just went through the motions and then you ain't get better. It's like you say, it's like people say they did it just so they could 
people will do it half-heartedly so that they say that they did it. Yeah. Like, what you just said, uh, when the kid that did Between Legs, Legs, and Game. Uh, when I pulled him to the side, I was like, bro, these people don't care about you. You're, you're trying to do stuff to get the crowd ooh and ah. Like, they don't give a, they don't give a F about you. They Not don't care. You got dudes you trying to appease that can't make a left-hand leg themselves. Then when you ride in pond, you think they still going to be? Like, they don't, they don't care about you as a person. They damn sure don't care about you as a player. And you trying to appease them, like, it's not about that, man. It's about giving everything you got. Because for me, like, I, I was talking to, I think, Huey about it at one point. Like, them times when I was freaking living in that dang house and, you know, worst situation of my life as far as just living conditions, those, I look back, were some of the best times. Like, I, I almost missed that, bro. Yeah. Like, I missed the times where I was down and out. Like, I'm going through some BS right now um, with, with a situation business-wise and like I know I'm gonna look back in like four years and be like yo I miss that I miss the grind of trying to get out of that like you gotta embrace the season you're in and not try not try and be something that you're not not try to portray something that you're not actually doing like yeah. embrace your season that you're truly in oh. the, the the grind getting it out the mud like that's real because a lot of times like when you look back like those are like some like crazy like those are some of the best memories I ever had like it's weird but like yeah, they really really are because it makes you it makes you a better person going through it. Like, I remember my mom and me, we just have such a special relationship because I don't have any people in my life that are yes men. Mm-hmm. Like that agree with everything I say or are not willing to tell me that I'm wrong. Yeah. I actually have people that's the opposite. Like they're gonna tell me the truth every time and I think that's what's helped me grow so much as a person. The people that I I, I hold close to and I value they don't allow me to not be the best version of myself or tell me the things that are true. Because sometimes when you're going through it, you would like to hear something that maybe ain't, you know what I'm saying, that's, <laughs> yeah. that makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. But my mom told me, like, I was coaching high school basketball. We wasn't winning. I remember my apartment. I had two couches, and I had my TV sitting on, like, a, a hamper. Mm-hmm. And I have no money. I'm coaching high school basketball. I'm a teacher. I'm living in an apartment that's probably too nice for me at this point. Mm-hmm. Didn't know. And... I remember just, I have all this space and I'm just sitting there and every day I'm coming home and I'm like, man, how did I get here? I thought I was going to be a college coach. I thought that it was going to be glitz and glamour and I was going to be at the high major level and I was just working hard enough. And then I like, my mom was like, you really feel bad for yourself. She was like, you know, you can't control what happened to you, but you can control how you react to it. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be this college basketball coach and you want to impact people, Every day you go teach, you teach seven periods a day, and you got basketball practice. Mm-hmm. So why not start impacting people where you're at? And I'm thinking about it like I'm going through to this school every day and complaining about my circumstances when I have the ability to change them if yeah. I'm willing to work for it. So I just literally, I remember the, I started praying every single day. I was like, God, I don't want anything from you, but allow me to be strong enough to fight through bad circumstances. I prayed that every single day in the car. Literally for 48 days, I counted it. 48 days, I prayed it every day. And every day that I went to work, I never thought about my circumstances. Mm-hmm. I just thought about the kids that I had in front of me and the kids that I coached. And then life just started to change because my outlook changed. Because I can't control it. It's, it's bad things going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. But my outlook changed about the way things were. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Once my outlook changed, it made me realize that I have a lot more control than I think I do. You 100% do. Like, you got to be faithful to where you at. I, I, same situation. Like, there was a time, you know, you, know, you work with Kev, you work with Jonathan, and then when they made it to the league, like, yeah, I work with Kev a little bit, yeah. but it's like, 
or you know, I, I talk to Jonathan consistently, but it's like, dang, I'm not in the gym with them. Like, why is so and so, you know, he getting flown out all the time, and I feel like I'm better than him, and I developed, and like, yeah. why isn't this happening for me? And it's like, I remember praying it, and two things were very, very clear. One it was like, you got to give, and I feel like I always done that, but it was like a reminder of like, stop sulking yeah. and focus on where you at right now, and yeah. give everything you have to where you at, yeah. instead of looking like, dang, why aren't I there? And then number two was, you might not get everything that you want initially because you might not be ready for it. Oh. Like, I 1,000% believe if when Jonathan first went to the league, I was working out, John, let's say I was flying down to go work him out consistently and all these different things, I 1,000% would not be able to handle that yeah. and keep a healthy marriage and run a business and all these yeah. different things. Like, the things that I really wanted, I wasn't ready for. Like, yeah. God didn't give me those things because I wouldn't have known what to do with it. Like, and I was not responsible enough. There wasn't enough character in me. There wasn't enough resilience in me to, to handle all the things that happened. And, like, for a player, you got to understand, you might not get everything you want right now because you might not be ready for it. Absolutely. God, God or if you believe, like, I believe in Jesus. Like, yeah. I believe Jesus builds people up through their circumstances yeah. To be able to handle what eventually he will give them, the responsibility he will give them. I, I was just actually having this conversation the other day. And I said, I think a lot of times, and I was talking to one of my players, I recruited him at Polk State, and he's at Polk State now. And he was going through some things when I first met him. Like when mm-hmm. I first started recruiting him, he ended up signing, I ended up leaving. But we, I, I keep in contact with every player I've coached, I try to. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Coach, man, I don't know, man. You know, I've signed a scholarship, and I feel like, I feel like, man, like it should be going differently now. And I said, I said, God teaches best lessons to you in the valley. Mm-hmm. Like, God can't really get a hold of us when things are going good because things are going good. Yeah. You tend not to listen when everything's good. <laughs> yeah. But when it's bad, that's when God got your attention. Mm-hmm. And I said, I learned for myself that, like, I was in the valley and I didn't learn the lesson that I needed. Mm-hmm. So God took me deeper in the valley. Yeah. So now I'm, it's dark, I'm lonely, and I'm by myself. And I got to get this lesson. And I said, sometimes God going to continue to put you deeper into the valley because the next level requires you to get the lesson that he has for 100%. you. So when you get that lesson, you will find yourself coming out of the valley. And once I started to understand it, like, okay, maybe God asking me for something I'm not willing to give yet. Mm-hmm. So he taking me deeper into my circumstance so I can give him what he need to take me to that next level. And players got to understand that. I mean, everybody don't believe in God, but it's like, even if you don't believe yeah. in that, that, that's that's just that principle can help yes. you anywhere. Like, okay, maybe it's a lesson that you ain't getting that won't allow you to get the way you want to get to. Mm-hmm. But once you grasp this concept of this lesson that he has for you, this level gets easier. Every level gets even easier once you learn the lesson before. 100%. So you can prepare yourself by learning the lessons where you're at, where your feet at now. It's so many lessons. Like. Mm-hmm. I'm right here. I'm an assistant coach at a junior college. Yes, I want to be a D1 head coach, but God has me here for lessons that I have to get now. Mm-hmm. And if I don't get these lessons, I can't go forward. So I'm so focused on, okay, what are the lessons he's trying to get in me? Okay, boom. I was bad at this before, but now I know this. Yeah. So I got to use this lesson that God gave me before because it's needed now. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to give me more. And then the next level I go to, maybe it's D1, maybe it's D2. It's going to be some lessons I learned in JUCO that's going to help me when I get there. And I just got to continue to build on it. Life is, is is a process. like, And I don't think too many people love the process because it's uncomfortable. Honestly. It's really uncomfortable when you don't know sometimes. And 
you trying to figure out things and then going your way. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to fight through it, and you know that. I mean, you got hurt. You know what I'm saying? You're a really good basketball player, and you got hurt, and it was it was some lessons that you probably didn't want out of that because that, it hurt, you know? That, that The crazy thing is I think about this all the time. Like, people ask, like, oh, you know, what happened to you? Why did you get in training? I'm telling them, you know, I had two hip surgeries, end of my career, and I can honestly say – at that point, I was depressed because basketball was everything to me. You yeah. know, I, it, I didn't realize it was a vessel. I thought it was everything, and like it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. Best thing that 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 down moment, you know, brought me closer to God. Yeah, showed me that there's more outside of basketball, but also increased my love of basketball, my appreciation for it because it was taken from me. Yeah, developed a much bigger work ethic. Process went like everything, not everything, but a lot of the things that are, are good about my life right now are from that injury in that moment in that time where I thought my life was com- like completely done and, and, and over. So I God mean, works a- best when you, I remember um, Charlie Dawes, he's my mentor. He's, he's a pastor at Metro church in DC. Mm-hmm. And I remember my aunt died and my aunt besides my mom was the closest person to me. Mm-hmm. And I sat in his office and I, and I broke down. Like nobody's ever seen me like that besides him, like just really, really broken. And he was like, you don't want to hear this right now because it's really uncomfortable. But he was like, God works best when you're at the end of yourself. And I never understood that because I was like, you know, God took my aunt from me and God just did this. But it realistically, my aunt lived a full life and helped a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And that more than anything woke me up to nothing's really promised to you. Yeah. When somebody when, when when somebody that you really love gets taken from you, it really makes you it like I never felt that type of pain. Mm-hmm. But it really forced me to understand that. How I go about things has to be the right way because I don't have a lot of time. I don't have a lot of time on this earth. 80 years, to to be honest with you, ain't a lot of time in the grand scheme of everything. So it's like, it really changed me as far as like my impact that I want to have. I want to be able to look back in 40, 50 years and know that I helped children. Not that I did anything special, but I just want to know that kids can look back and say, you know, Coach Tyler was honest with me. If I ever needed something, I knew I could call them. Mm-hmm. Because that's what's more important to me, man, is like being available to talk to kids that they need help. Because I think a lot of coaches, and I speak from experience on myself when I first got into it, I thought it was X and O's. I thought it was skill development. But I realized that it's more so about the relationship like I got with you For sure. as a human. If my player trusts me, if he know that no matter what, coach love me. Like I can have a bad game. I can play 10 bad games. I can get mad. He loved me. Yeah. That's when you start to see the best from players. And I, I can almost know that when you was training Kevin and Jonathan, the point when they realized that you really loved him as a person is like nothing you do will separate me from like being here for you. Mm-hmm. That game started to change and they started to enhance and crafts, crafts concepts way more easier because it was like this dude really care about me. So I really changed the way I approach coaching. And I tell all our kids every day, I, I tell them I love them. And I really care about you because that's going to mean more than me fixing your jump shot. You know what's crazy? A lot of dudes, like, they're not used to hearing that anyone actually loves them. <clears throat> like, players, like, you, you you hit a spot on. Like, the, the dudes that I've helped, I have real relationships with. Like, real stuff. Like, me and Kev, like, you know, when he was in high school, he's the closest thing. Like, it was probably close people in my life. Freaking my mom, my wife. And like Kev, like is like yeah. legit a brother. Like there's a few other guys, like my man Charlie is in Emmanuel, Cable, like Dexter, like there's a lot of kids. Like it's not just 
the elite players. Yeah. Like, they're like they're literally like my family. Like, yeah. and when they're going through something, they call me and I answer. Whether they freaking Caleb, um, there's a kid Caleb Carnes. He's playing at UT. He walked on uh, University of Tampa right now, and um, you know he he tried to walk on Alabama, didn't make the Alabama team. Um, but he you know he's the uh, uh, Crazy, crazy hard worker. And I first met him, I thought he was gonna be trash. He was <laughs> trash. Um, five foot eight white boy, and you know, but he, you know, he just grinded and worked and worked, and now, now he's playing a higher level than I did. And when he wasn't playing in Alabama, he came and stayed with us. Like yeah. he stayed with us for you know a week at a time. You know, he he came and you know would Facetime me, and you know we talk about life, and you know, I, I read this in the Bible, and you know, asked my opinion. Like these are real relationships with kids, and like you just said, when you have a real relationship with somebody, it allows you to coach them harder. Oh. It allows you, you know, from a training standpoint, to push them harder because they know that, you know, even though you might get yelled at, or you might get cussed out, or you might get, you know, be yeah. pissed off me at the time. I know this dude really cares about me yeah. because if you don't have that that foundation of actually caring, it goes in one ear and out the other because it's like I'm talking to you, and I'm and I don't give a crap about you. I'm going off on you rather than. I know, even though I'm pissed off at him at the time, like it's really for my benefit. Yeah. Cause like he's he's proven in other aspects of my life that he really does like love me as a yeah. human being, and it's uncomfortable for a lot of kids. Like when I when I tell kids like I love them for the first time, like they be I like they tell they be like like what the f- my like, players <laughs> JUCO you know JUCO guys are supposed to be tough and just these like <clears throat> they come from bad situations stuff like that. Yeah, and I tell them every day I love them. Like and it's weird. It was the first time I said it to someone. They like you love me. That's weird. Yeah. I was like, I do. I was like, all of my time is invested into you. I want to see you be the biggest and greatest call I can ever have from a player. Legitimately, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, is a couple of years from now you called me and you graduated from college. Or you may have a daughter now or a son now. Mm-hmm. Or you like in a real relationship. Because I want to have those conversations. I laugh and joke and play. But I want to make sure that these guys, when they leave me, mm-hmm. I've helped them become a better man. Yeah. Because... Most of the coaches I've had have made me a better person, mm-hmm. more so than the better basketball player. You know, the basketball side came from being a better person. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the principles I established as a man helped me more so in basketball, the disciplines of working really hard and not taking shortcuts. Those disciplines in life helped me become a bas- better basketball player. Sure. And, I, and I try to tell every kid that I come in contact with that I love them and care about them because I was a teacher, too. Mm-hmm. And I seen what a lot of kids go through. You know what I'm saying? I seen kids not knowing where the next meal was gonna come from. Yeah. I seen kids where, you know, they might not have their clothes washed and stuff like that. And they ain't got nobody. I had a kid, you know, that is really doing really well now. And last year, I used to just tell him every day I loved him because nobody ever told him he loved him. And I know that the power of love surpasses a lot of understanding. Jesus died on the cross because he loved us. Mm-hmm. So I try to. Coaching love. Now, do I get upset? I'm now I am fired and I get upset, but it's like I'm gonna tell you I love you twice as much as I yell at you mm-hmm. because you need to know I love you more than you need to know that you didn't hold your follow through. Yeah. <laughs> because more than likely, if I continue to tell you I love you and continue to try to help you with good habits, you will hold your. You'll start holding your follow. <laughs> so it's just like, man, I, I really, I really like, I really appreciate this game so much because it's it's amazing what it can do for you. And mm-hmm. when you were speaking on a topic of like. Be like loving your guys. Like I think people need to have more of that in their circle. People need to have more people that really love them. Because if I love you, I tell you the truth. Coach Carlos, he coached at Trinity Catholic, 
he loved me. Like, he really do. He's the game. If I wouldn't be in coaching right now, it was man. Mm-hmm. I was at Southeastern as a GA, and I was getting my master's in counseling. And he called me, and he was like, I'm leaving Santa Fe to take a high school job. Do you want the job? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? He was like, yeah. I, you know, if you wanted, I'd talk to Coach Mari and we'll see what we could do. So he's always been on me. He's a, I, he's, he is a guardian of the game of basketball. He's always on me about the things that I post, the things that I'm saying, the things that I'm telling kids, like being professional and make sure I'm doing right by people. And those are tough conversations sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because me, sometimes I might say something on Twitter that's like, my way, I'm thinking like, well, no, nah, I just think this needs to be said. But he'll call me like, listen, you write about what you're saying, but you can say it this way. Yeah. And I don't think it's enough love in that manner because love ain't always, I tell you what you want to hear. Love is, I tell you what you, what you need to hear yeah. because what you need to hear change you. So like I have, I mean, I got some mentors in my life that legitimately, they'll call me and be like, listen, I'm looking at your social media and this is what I think. It may not be this, but this is what I, this is what I think. Hey man, I'm proud of you. I love you. But most of the time they call me to make sure that they know my goals. Mm-hmm. So they gonna keep me aligned to where I'm trying to get to. Sure. Stan Jones at Florida State is one of the biggest influences in me because he told me no. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like he told me I wasn't ready. Uh, Coach Campbell that was at Chipola told me I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And those are guys that still contact me to this day. But most people don't understand that like I love them so much because they told me something I didn't. I needed to hear, not what I wanted to hear. Yeah. I needed to hear no to get to where I am today. And a lot of kids don't want to hear no. That's why, to go back to the stunt of the growth, if a kid only hears yes his whole life, when you tell him no, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. He'll leave you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. The kid, so it's like... A lot of times parents don't want to hear no too. Nobody wants to hear anything bad. And I understand. And I told our parents just the first meeting I had when I was a high school coach. I said, it's going to be a time where you dislike me. And I'm okay with it because I'm doing something that's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Nobody, like you raise your child to be a good human being and do the right things. You want him to be good at basketball. So you don't want to hear a coach saying, well, he's just not ready to step on the court yet. His disciplines ain't ready for him to get on the court yet. Nobody want to hear that. When I wasn't playing in college and I went to coach Dunlap office as a freshman, it was like, coach, I'm playing good in practice. I'm doing everything you ask. And he said, Jordan, you're just not ready yet. I left the office pissed off. Like, <laughs> coach, like, I ain't trying to hear nothing you talking about. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. But I needed to hear that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. the more, like, I applaud what you do because you tell people what they don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. And, and that's uncomfortable in itself because people dislike people that tell them what they need to hear most yeah. of the time. And I told myself I'd die about telling kids the truth. Mm-hmm. Like, I would literally, if it meant dying or living to tell a child the truth of the matter I'll die telling the truth because that's the only thing that I want to look back and say that my life was based on telling kids what they needed to hear to make them a better person a better basketball player so that that in itself is is what I think will set you apart in this because you tell people the truth like that's just what it is like you I listen to your podcast I listen to the things you tell kids I've I've watched you grow in this thing, and it's because you tell the truth to people, and it ain't and it ain't something that is like most trainers that tell the truth. They have a lot of good players, but they got a lot of hate too because they tell the truth. (laughs) Gooch, Kenneth Robertson, one of my guys, man, I love him to death. Like Mm -hmm. I haven't met Gooch face to face before. He's from New York. I'm from Florida. Um, Some players that I end up I took end up taking a guy from New York, Logic Fofana, 
and Gucci made it happen. And we just built a relationship by telling each other the truth. Mm-hmm. And I think he's so successful at what he does because he tells the truth, the unadulterated truth. And you don't want to hear it, but the guys that do listen to him all are successful. For sure. You see what I'm saying? So you have successful guys coming out of your camp because it's truth being told in your camp. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Most I'm, I'm pretty sure if you look at most successful programs in basketball, the Dukes, the Kentuckys, the Florida States, I don't been to Florida State practice. The truth is being told here. Yeah. You know, like, I've been to Florida practice. Mike White telling the truth to those guys. Mm-hmm. Coach K telling the truth to those guys. So when you're hearing the truth all the time, you have no choice but to change or grow. For sure. It's one or two. Or you're you're going to run from it. Yep. So you can either accept the truth and do what you want with it, or you can say, nah, I ain't going to accept the truth. And then the transfer portal is at 800 people. So, so this is another question that we're going to kind of segue with and you know we can kind of close out on but I think it's really important we just talked about you either going to accept it yeah. and change you're going to be resistant to it and it ain't going to work or yeah. you're just going to run completely when you're you know you're a college coach you go out to recruit y'all travel you told me y'all travel a ton we, yeah, we what are you looking it. for like for, for a kid that you know maybe uh, a high schooler I want you one to kind of explain kind of what JUCO is like because I think there's a lot of misconceptions and I think yeah. you know, we talked about it yesterday uh, you know, you could be a Division One player. We got Division One players or top top ranked player or whatever, yeah. and he coming. It's a whole different ball game. So that I want you to explain a little bit on that. And then, what are you looking for from a from from a player when you're going to recruit, so that hopefully this can, you know, be some free game for some people where they can like really kind of get a wake up call and be like, dang, I got to tighten up on these aspects because maybe someone wasn't telling me the truth and I thought yeah. I was this level, but you know, it ain't it ain't that. So right. man, JUCO is is different because it's a real grind. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of like, the only thing you can really compare to it is AAU, but it's with grown men. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love JUCO because you got to really want it to be in JUCO. And if you don't want it, you're going to find out real quickly and you'll, the cream will rise to the top and you'll separate yourself mm-hmm. by how much you really want it. Um, I think it's, I, to be honest with you, I think a lot more kids should go JUCO because I think a lot some kids, they may commit to a school and not be ready. Yeah. And then they fall behind because they don't get the attention that they maybe need to get to the level that they're supposed to get to. Mm-hmm. And JUCO, for some kids, is really, really beneficial. We got a kid named L. Ellis on our team that I think he had the, it was some things in his game that he really needs to, to grow in. Now, he's exceptionally talented. Had against Odessa, one of the best junior guys in the country, had 32, like six and four. Super talented, but he had some things he needs to work on, mm-hmm. and Juco is allowing him to work on it. And at first, when you talk to L, he was like, I never go Juco. I never was going Juco. That's what he told me. But now he puts a tweet out that says, Juco is one of the best things that ever happened to me. I think the misconception is because sometimes guys that have bad situations at the college may come to Juco, so they get the rap for like, oh, they take bad kids or kids that ain't good people. But a lot of times we take kids that may have went to a Division One that wasn't the right fit. Mm-hmm. Or we take a guy that may have messed up because I'm a big believer in second chances. I done messed up more than we anybody all, in the world. I, in the world. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably going to mess up today at some point. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm a big believer in second chance. So we take a lot of guys that's on their second chance and we really work with them to try to get them, get them to where they need to be at. And JUCO, the difference in JUCO is you're fighting for scholarships with other grown men. So every night, Guys gonna give you their best shot because yeah. you never know. We just played in a tournament this weekend, and it was Division One coaches at every game. 
So everybody has that, I got to get it. Because you got guys coming from high major Division One programs. We got, we transfer you. We take, we got four or five Division One transfers, three Division Two transfers. So we got a lot of transfers. But mm-hmm. we may play a team that got a D2 transfer and a whole bunch of high school seniors that's like, I got to play y'all and I got to get it. Yeah. These D1 schools here, they're going to take whoever. So it's just a different grind than that. And the segue into the high school, what I look for in a high school guy, the biggest thing I look for is the type of discipline you have on the court. I'm big. I'm a big believer in we can teach you how to play basketball if you got the right disciplines. I don't like selfish guys. I don't like guys that's just trying to go get 30, but don't talk to their teammates. Don't shake your teammate's hand. Don't make the right pass. I'm a big believer in I, I want guys to know how to play. Yeah. So I'm looking for guys that I watched a kid yesterday that I really, really was intrigued by because the other team knew he was the best player on the team. So instead of forcing things, he would get to the lane, draw three, kick it to the corner for the wide open shot. Mm-hmm. And when he's draw, and when he's ripping to the lane and passing the ball, oh, knock that down. That's showing that I got real confidence in what you're doing. My teammates, I like, I like guys that really, really, really do the little things. Yeah. Are you the first to the floor? Are you gonna rebound? Like, are you rebound gonna play defense? Is huge in I, high school. The the motor is like I think so many people just want to score, 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 and get their little highlight from PVB films. You know. <laughs> No, but like, there's no urgency on the little things of rebounding and talking yeah. and getting the help side or getting the midline and having active hands, deflection, and, and all the little things that nobody gets on the stat sheet. And you might not get in the highlight, but like, just the people that know basketball or college coaches, yeah. like, I love that. Like, we got a kid on our team right now, man. I starting for man that his best attribute is he plays. Harder than anybody I've ever coached. Mm-hmm. Literally. I enjoy being around him because he's the hardest playing dude. You can tell. I told him at halftime he had two rebounds. I said, you got two rebounds. We don't win this game unless you have 10. He in the game with 12. Because those guys can become whatever they want to be because they do the little things right. Mm-hmm. Rebounding ain't cute. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you got to be a tough guy to want to go rebound consistently. And I look for stuff like that. Because I think a lot of dudes see toughness, and I put it, and I, when I do my scout report, at the end of every scout report, I put the same thing about toughness. I got a couple different things. Toughness is being competitive. Toughness is rebounding. Toughness is blocking out. Toughness is making free throws. Toughness is being a great teammate. Toughness is having self-confidence. Toughness is not being upset with coach when you come out. Toughness is eye contact. Toughness is being engaged. So when I say I'm looking for a tough basketball player, I ain't looking for the guy that's getting everybody's face. I'm looking for the guy who, when they teammate hit the ground, he the first one there. I'm looking for the guy who take the charge and give the whole gym energy from the charge. Yeah. I'm looking for the guy that's on the fast break and he the most athletic dude in the gym, but he throw the right bounce pass to the guy that got the wide open layup instead of trying to go get a charge or trying to make a play that hurts the team rather than help the team. Those are the guys that I, I really enjoy recruiting because those are the dudes that are going to end up being really good basketball players. The ones that like, do the tough things and the little things because those are the things that win basketball games. And in my business, is as much as I love everything about it, at the end of the day, if we can't win games, I don't keep my job. So I believe that those things help you win games. And I don't think toughness is scoring because mm-hmm. you can score 30 as we talked about. We know guys that average 25, 30 in high school can't crack the rotation mm-hmm. because they're not tough enough to do the other things. I think a lot of times we get consumed by scoring because you watch the videos. You don't see no videos of guys playing defense or taking charges. 
You you see videos of guys getting buckets, but the winning programs, all the guys do the little things. Can and in those videos, and this will be my last point. Like <laughs> videos are not reality. Like no, like I, I love highlights because they're entertaining. But yeah. it's exactly what I just said. They're entertainment. They are not reality. Like you can have all the highlights in the world. You might not touch the floor at the next level because, like you just said, like if you are not giving a coach a chance to win a game, you are essentially saying, I don't want you to feed your kids mm-hmm. to that coach. And if you are not like that, if that coach got to make a decision between my family eating or playing you because you were a, a four or five star recruit or you had 22,000 followers on Instagram, but you don't do the little things and you yeah. hurting our team, he's going to pick his family every single time. It don't no mean question. nothing at that next level. You got to start over. Every single level you get to. And that's like what I really just, I pray and I rant and I like, I really, really just want kids to understand is, you know, guys that are good in this business from coaches to trainers to mentors to whatever, don't commend you for what you're doing great. Um, They tell you what you're doing great and they tell you what you're doing wrong and how you have to prepare for the next level. Kids tell me all the time, like, oh, I had 18 and seven, or I had this and that. How'd I do? Like, maybe it's me, like, I think I'm a, I honestly really believe the best in people. Like, I, yeah. I hope for the best, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt to a fault. But the first thing I'm gonna say is, your motor's gotta get better. You ain't running down the floor. You missed a shot and you jogging back and they got a bucket, like, that's not gonna work the next level. You're gonna be a film, you're gonna get cussed out the next level. Like, that's not gonna cut it. And they look at me, well, coach, I had seven rebounds. Okay, that's cool. You should have had 15. Yeah, I miss block <laughs> I miss block out here. I miss block out there. Laziness here costs you three or four rebounds. And that's and that's the difference, man. Like guys going in the film and, and understanding that I'm good, but there's so much I can be better at. Mm-hmm. And those are the best people. And I think that's why you're gonna continue to be successful because it's you can tell that you have the mindset of, okay, I'm doing this well, but I got di- this set of things that I can be better at. Mm-hmm. And I think about that every day when I get home and I'm in my room. I'm like, okay, what am I doing well? And let me write down what I need to get better at. Yep. Because I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing well, but if I can do all of this right, man, that's going to help me. And I pray that guys just start to understand that more because basketball is, I do this well, but if I did all this right, I'd be better. So yep. the process, as we both know, if you respect and love the process, you have a chance to be Whatever you want to be in this game, for sure. Well, we're gonna we're gonna close out on that because you know we could talk forever. <laughs> All but, night, but man. Now nah, I appreciate. It. I think honestly, this is gonna help a lot, a lot of people, man. We are gonna have a lot of free game for for coaches and players. Yeah. This is the stuff that again I think needs to be talked about more because it's not it's not the sexy stuff. It may not be you know the, the the coolest stories and this and that, but like this is the stuff that this is the meat and potatoes that people really need. Like the foundational stuff of you know, if you're a coach, how can you help get your guys to buy in better? If yeah. you're a player, how can you take it to that next level? And, and how can you recognize people that really do got your best interest compared yeah. to people that really don't? And, you know, I think people are going to get a lot. I mean, I got a lot from it. I'm, I'm re-energized. I would, I shoot. I'm Part of me is like, man, let's let's drive to the, let's drive to the game, Huey. <laughs> let's drive to the game. I got I to get my work out of the gut, but I appreciate it for sure. Nah, man, so, I appreciate you, man. Most yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm going to drop all your social tags. Um, right. You know, Jordan Talley, again, love the process podcast, episode five. Uh, we really appreciate him having you know, the, the, the free game for you guys when he came on today. And, um, 
again, if, if you appreciate this episode and drop a five star review and share with somebody that I guarantee if you listen to this, you know somebody that needs to hear this. <laughs> you know that for you probably know ten people that need to hear. So send it to everybody. Um, I, I 100% believe you're going to be at the highest levels in a few years. So that, keep man. grinding, man. So, Jordan Talley, love the process. Episode 5. We signing out.